Hello and welcome back to Deserted, a podcast where we send our guests to deserted island with only three dishes and a few ingredients. Our guests discuss their life, family, business, and lots more. I'm Lindy. And I'm Grace. And together we have over 20 food allergies and intolerances, but we are still avid foodies. So join us whilst we dive deep into our guests' experiences and their relationship with food. And find out what dishes they'll be bringing to the island. See you there. See you on the island. Hi guys, welcome back to Deserted. I am welcome back. by with Grace, obviously. And Nicole. <laughs> Nicole is the founder of Ray. We are Ray. Um, welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys for inviting me. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the chat we are about to have. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. And I think where we should start is just getting right into sort of if you give us a little background for whoever our listeners who don't know you, maybe you want to share how you and I know each other before, because I think that's kind of an interesting story. And um, just great, get right into sort of the brand and we'll kick it off. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Nicole. Um, I am originally from the Netherlands. Uh, so I'm Dutch. Um, I started a company called Raider Store about six months ago in June 2021. And um, it's kind of, I mean, my background journey is kind of weird, I would say, as in I grew up in the Netherlands, moved to Belgium, um, ended up moving to New York for a bit and then randomly moved to London, which has happened probably six years ago now. Um, And it's kind of, I don't know, I've been personally been on a journey of like kind of curation, like being curious in food and drink and wellness. And that eventually led me to launching my own business, which um, essentially is showcasing new upcoming innovative food drink and wellness products um a highly curated version of it and yeah that's a brief intro about me (laughs) you want to share how you and I know each other from before yeah oh yeah of course um so I've known Grace my whole life essentially as in knowing about Grace um because there's a family relationship there and um, we only met, I think, two years ago now for the first time when you moved to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I've always like every year we've been receiving Christmas cards with pictures of Grace <laughs> and her ballet and things like that. So, yeah, known about Grace my whole life. Well, we never we never actually met or sort of communicated up until we both well, I moved to London and then. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Your mom made, made <laughs> Yeah, and I remember your mom making a very formal introduction via email. Oh yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I love that. It's so interesting that you, like, obviously you have a family connection, but you know you haven't met, and yet you both are like into the food and drink kind of world. In, if that makes sense, like I know Grace, like that's not your business, but like you know we talk about food. on our podcast like your mindset is always food based on allergies and then with you Nicole like you don't have any allergies correct 
No, I don't. But you weren't into the wellness and the food and the drink side of it. And so like, where does that come from? Because I know like with us, like it's mainly about like, because we are so deprived with food and drink that we sort out where to find other things that we can eat and can can source. But where did the wellness come from from you? Like, have you, did you grow up like that? Or was it something that happened to you? Like, what was the journey? Um, I mean, growing up, but we've always had kind of, home-cooked meals so always like kind of wholesome food um it's not that we were very like big foodies um I think when I moved out of um my family home it was kind of me exploring different kind of foods um I remember I think up until probably five years ago I've never had an avocado and now I'm like obsessed with it um so it's very much my, my personal journey in terms of discovering new products new goods um and that kind of led into me doing a lot of research on how food impacts your health your well-being your energy levels um just your mental state in general how basically gut health has an impact on your daily life um and that's kind of why went more into okay what are good for you products reading more like ingredient lists on products to check what is what is in them because there's very often there's a lot of added products that you don't necessarily need or want to consume um and that's also why I challenge myself every year by doing veganuary um where I go vegan for a month so we're currently chatting in January so um I'm doing it right now and I find that a personal challenge because most of the time I do eat plant-based, but when I do veganuary, it's kind of, you really check the ingredients and very often there's like a milk powder added to a certain biscuit or, um, yeah, it's just, it always surprises me. And like I mentioned, like from growing up, like eating wholesome food uh, means that I'm personally quite interested in cooking from scratch as well. Um, so I just like, I personally love going to a supermarket um, <laughs> just to browse around, pick up some fresh ingredients, um, obviously explore and discover new products that recently launched onto the market. And basically maybe kind of coming back to why I then started Ray is um, my professional background is in brand and marketing. And it's mostly been in the hospitality space. So it's always kind of been food and drink related. Um, however, I followed a lot of food influencers or food bloggers for recipe inspiration. And um, I naturally came across so many like ready to go snacks and drinks and especially drinks that are about functionality. And at some point I felt like I find all these great products online, but there's no place where I can buy them from a shop. Um, obviously, you can purchase products online via brands directly, but if you've never tried a product before and you're asked to pay a shipping fee or you're asked to bulk buy, it's very, I mean, for me, that's a barrier because I want to be able to try try it first before buying more. Um and what we then do with Ray is kind of 
bring a curated set of brands together in a space that allows customers to come in and purchase one product and then they can continue shopping it online. It's very interesting how customers come in and I overhear conversations such as, oh, I've seen it online, but I can't find it in the shop. And that's very, for me, that's almost rewarding because that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I try to get people in front of new products and try new, um, new goods and also learn about them while they're in the store because we provide brand information cards to give a bit of a background story. Um, and at the same time, we invite founders to come in and do uh, sampling sessions so they have the chance to connect with customers directly and get feedback, um, which has been very successful because in the end, it's a person behind a brand. People connect with people. Um, so that, that's kind of what we focus on. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of that with um, brands that are trying to be more transparent with their customers and even big brands like, um, you know, athleisure wear like Gymshark like we like the founder has a YouTube channel talking about his daily life like we're really trying to see we're seeing more transparency getting to know more of the founders behind the brands which as an allergy person really helps because you get to actually talk to that person and say like this is what I need to know if I want to eat that product so I think that's really great um what is your first dish that you are bringing to the island um so I my first dish so I broke it up in breakfast lunch and dinner um, love. <laughs> <laughs> um my first dish is then breakfast because I'm like totally breakfast obsessed like I could literally eat it for breakfast lunch and dinner Same. um I also feel like it's it's a very great way to start your day. I know there are often people that kind of skip their first meal, but for me, it really like helps me set the tone for the day. I always make sure I I take a moment to enjoy that start of the day. Um, so I'm very kind of into a morning routine of waking up early, exercising, taking the time to get ready, make my breakfast, make my coffee, and then start the day um, because sometimes it can get hectic um, with a lot of things happening at the same time. Um, but I usually go for, in the winter, it's mostly a porridge, so something warm. And then I like to add um, seeds or nut butters or uh, some fresh fruits. And I also am very visually focused so I always like to make it look nice because in my opinion, it also tastes better. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's mostly porridge um, in the winter. And then I also really enjoy um, toast. And again, most often it's with a nut butter. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just really, really keen on a kind of savory but sweet breakfast. I, lo I love the fact that you said that you take a moment to sort of enjoy your breakfast because I feel like most of the time a lot of people are like rushing around and sort of putting food in their mouth and not actually sort of feeling intentional about what they're eating. But I think there's just so much 
beauty and like sitting down and actually like appreciating the food that you're eating. And I, I think for Lindy and I, who like have allergies and stuff, I know for me, like anytime I have a meal that like goes, goes smoothly, I'm always super like happy that like nothing has happened. But I think on like a broader spectrum for people who don't even have food restrictions, it just really, um, I feel like puts good energy into what you're putting into yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that also kind of happened to me because when I was doing a lot of research around how food impacts your energy levels, your mood, and how your mind is related to your gut health. And that's something that people very often are not aware of or not mindful of. Um, So that's why, yeah, I really want to take a moment. And I always eat my food sitting down at the table, not in front of a TV to just really... um, yeah, kind of connect with what you're consuming. I was just going to say as well that um, there's so much research to um, like to say that it's not just about the foods that you eat that are, you know, good for you. It's how you think about the foods. So like they did a lot of research and studies about like people eating things that quote unquote are bad for you, but telling yourself that they are really good for you and eating them and being like, this is amazing. This is so good for my body. It's gonna fuel me, it's gonna this. And then versus eating something that we think is good for you, but then telling yourself that it's bad and saying like, this is bad for me. I'm gonna feel so terrible, all this. And it, the people that had like the markers for health are the ones that ate the quote unquote bad food, but told themselves it was good. So the way that we think about food actually is like the highest, the reason why it's good and that's why like the whole conditioning of what we have like from society to tell us that this food is good and this food is bad is the reason why this food is good and this food is bad because that's what we say to ourselves when we eat so it has to taste good to you but like it is mainly about how do you feel and like sitting down and thinking how does this food make me feel what will I feel after that food and how will it fuel me throughout the day mm-hmm. and so if you think like oh I need to just quickly go and I'm going to have like a slice of toast and just like run out the door you, it probably won't sustain you whereas if you sit down and have a toast and sit down and think oh my goodness this is going to fuel me for the rest of the day it probably will and like it's just so fascinating like the research and studies that are coming out based on like your mindset and your mental health while you're eating the foods um, so- yeah. when you're when you're choosing like the brands for your store and sort of kind of going through because I I know I mean it'd be great if you explained a little bit about how you go about choosing those those brands um just because obviously you know it's very curated you don't have a lot in the store but it's all very intentional yeah um so there are a few things that I pay attention to um to start with it's the ingredient list so I want to make sure that it's like use of natural ingredients predominantly. Uh, so no artificial flavoring or no added refined sugars. Um, and just make sure that everything on a label is understandable. Because sometimes there is an ingredient and you're just like, what does that even mean? And in my opinion, if that's the case, most likely it wouldn't be good for you. Um so that's that's one approach. So that's also a way that we try to communicate, like whatever you purchase in Raider store, it's kind of like 
gone through a quality check, so you don't need to worry about it as as much. Um, and then also packaging design is something we pay attention to because um, I, I guess it comes from my professional background and knowing uh, how consumers behave in a retail store. Because in the end, as a brand, the first interaction you have with a customer is your packaging. If your packaging is not appealing or with clean kind of uh, messaging, no one will probably pick you up from the shelf and kind of be willing to try it. Um, so that's something that, that I also pay attention to. Um, and because of those reasons where it's all about natural ingredients, it also means that the brands that we do stock are kind of aligned, aligned with each other. Um, and I always say like, we work with like-minded brands, which means that if a consumer from, let's say a, um, what's a good example, a cold pressed juice might also be interested in a, a seed snack, for example. And in that way, we try to kind of introduce existing customers of a certain brand to other brands that are kind of in line with values and missions, um, which naturally means that there is a lot of overlap in terms of potential new customers and existing customers. And do you approach the brands? Do you buy the brands yourself and then like sell them? Like how, how does it work with like, making those connections and communications with the brands that you've chosen? Yeah, so um, it's been a mix of um, me reaching out to brands whenever I come across them on Instagram. <laughs> so Instagram is my, my main source uh, to go to. And that, again, it comes back to a lot of brands teaming up online and um, doing giveaways because they know if someone is interested in a vegan chocolate bar they might also be interested in a vegan milk like in an alternative milk brand um so that's why they team up so that's how I for me it makes it easy to find more like-minded brands essentially um and then I also have brands referring other brands so um brands that have been part of a store they put me in touch with potential new ones to to join um yeah so it's, it's kind of a mix of referral and me connecting with brands directly I do always have a call with a founder or a senior team member to kind of get to know them better and to really understand what it is that they do and how we can kind of bring our brands best to life in the store um, so there's that personal level of connection which to me is very important because in the end, when we run a store, uh, me and my team, we are representing all the brands essentially. Um, so I like to be able to at least give the key information about a specific product that is on the shelf. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting and really cool. And I think having that personal connection is just, it makes a difference when you can put a face to the brand. Um, but on that note, we want to dive into your second dish that 
um, you'll bring to the island, which I believe will now take us to lunch. Yes, um, lunch is usually something very quick and easy for me. Um, and my absolute to go to is sweet potato with hummus and avocado. Um, and the hummus, usually I either get a plain hummus or and then add some sort of hot sauce to it or a specific spice like turmeric or a curry powder um, just to make it a bit more interesting. Um, and with my sweet potato, that's something that people have been kind of like, what, what are you doing? Like they don't understand why I prepare my sweet potato, but I usually slice it and I put it in a toaster and, or in a microwave. But a lot of people are not aware. They like either roast the whole sweet potato and cut it in half and then stuff it with ingredients. But I like to just use it as a toast essentially. I started doing that last year because I couldn't find a bread that I felt good, like I didn't want for my tummy and I couldn't be bothered to make bread. So I was like, I was like, I'll just slice it and do use it as toast. And I loved it. I put, yeah, I did put avocado on it and eggs and things like that. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Like if you haven't tried sweet potato toast, you have to. <laughs> I haven't. I need to try it. And I love so sweet good. potato. I've never tried it. I don't have a toaster, so I need to get. But I put food. it on, I put it under the grill because I don't have a toaster either. It's oh, good. okay. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's also like, it can be soft as well. Like it's crunchy mm -hmm. on the outside and it's soft on the inside. So it's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But I like to like change it up a bit and use different spices, use um, like coriander on top, like, or chili flakes to again, make it look nice. Um, yeah, that's my second dish, the lunch. Do you find that you're like with running a business and stuff, like I feel I'm super busy. I'm not running a business, but I'm super busy. Like, do you find that with lunch, it is more convenient rather than eating something it's like you're eating um, because you're eating that you need to um yeah I mean I'm I'm very much like an intuitive eater as well like when I feel hungry I eat something um but lunch is more like yeah to get me through the afternoon mm -hmm. um I do again still sit down at the table but less less mindful in a way than I do with breakfast yeah. What do you do when you're like running around in the day? Do you have like a go-to meal out or do you just wait till you're home? Um, I try to always either like pack some lunch to take with me if I know that I'm going to be out for the day um, or I end up getting, I don't know, some dips from a supermarket where Again, it's like some sort of hummus with um, carrots or cucumber. And then usually it's followed by a larger meal when I get home. I'm, I'm really curious to know, and I think maybe the listeners will be curious at this point. Why Ray? Like, where does the name come from? What is it like? What, what you know, like, I love the name. and I think it's really cool. We are Ray. I love it. But like, why? What what was the driving force behind that? Um, so Ray comes from a ray of sunshine. 
because we shine light on different brands. Oh, um, oh I love that so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you were going with like the ray sunshine, but that just makes so much sense because so you kind of like put spotlights on on these brands. Do you want to explain a little bit about um, sort of the, the rotation of your of the business and how, how the different stores sort of pop up? Yeah. Um, so we at this point travel around London. Um, and when I say travel, it's kind of we source a retail unit which will is always a kind of blank canvas space um that we will then fit out and every edition that we host um is completely unique as in we make sure that it fits in with the local area in terms of the shelving systems that we use in terms of the brand color and the events that we host so to make it really feel part of that specific area um, the idea is to continue hopping around to London and hopefully at some point have a permanent location where we will rotate brands and fit out every season. Um, so again, keep that variety and bring something unique. Um, and then ultimately, we also want to move into Europe um, with further editions. And how long do you stay at the store like if you so you've got two stores right now in London how long have you stayed at them at them like now um so usually we try to operate for about 30 days in total so it's it's very much um it's a pop-up it's a short period of time um and very often I get asked how do you bring awareness to the store and like yeah make sure that people know about it and the way we announce a store is by getting all the brands that are on the shelves um, involved. So we work with a set amount of brands per edition. Usually it's between 80 and 100. And before, probably about three, three weeks prior to opening, we set a specific day and time for all the participating brands to share an announcement post which is the same as in we animate it and we share it with all the brands. And that kind of means that we get a high like visibility on that specific day and time as the announcement of the store. And then when we run the store, we host different events and brands come in for sampling sessions, as I mentioned earlier. So we also make sure that we record that and share it. So there's always kind of this cross marketing and cross promotion happening during the store that must be so busy for you just constantly changing each one promoting each one like that's a lot no um I think it's a very exciting way because that keeps in my opinion I try and keep people curious by hosting something new and by with working with different colors um, for every edition, it kind of means that there's almost like a hype around, oh, what is coming next? What will the shop look like? What brands will be involved? Because people nowadays, like, it, it yeah, you need to like be able to capture someone's attention. Um, and that's the way I approach it at this point. 
Um, and hopefully can continue doing it in the future because it is quite time consuming um, to host it ad hoc. But so far it's been really well received. Yeah, it's it's really just like such a great concept because I, I feel like nowadays people, like I think most people like to explore new brands. And I think they're, I, at least in like my sphere of people, it feels like lots of people are looking for new brands or just looking for you know a curated experience um which you can't get in the supermarket because i mean i love going to the supermarket but it's so fun when you go to a store and you find a new brand that um is cool what's the driving factor of why you want to do this like why why do why do people need ray like why do you what makes you get up in the morning go this is what i'm doing and this is the reason why i'm doing it yeah it's um I guess the biggest reason why I'm doing it is to provide a space to brands to showcase their products. Because from a brand point of view, when you're super new, obviously it takes some time to build a brand and get ready to launch in a larger supermarket. So it's it's a way to for brands to showcase their new items, but also for customers to discover those new items and try them out essentially. Um, and yeah, the ultimate goal is to basically become the discovery place for new food and drink brands. I wonder, you said that you lived in America, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who do you think is better at wellness, the US or the UK? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously if you compare the size of the US to the UK, there are so many more brands in the US and I personally always get a bit frustrated when I discover a brand and then see that they are actually only based in the US and you can't find them in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> you and me um, both. <laughs> the worst. So um, But yet I feel like there's also a lot of overlap in terms of obviously a lot of European and UK brands look at what is happening in the US market. Um, so I find, I find it quite difficult to, to answer that one because obviously I'm all about UK brands. Most of the brands that we have in store um, are UK based. I would say almost 90% of the store. Um, we do have a couple of brands from Europe um, for various reasons. Like they like to test the UK market to try and enter in and see if there's interest. Um, or f- to bring brand awareness for people to then purchase online, essentially. Like, let's go to dish number three and then just like dive into like, what does food mean to you? Because yeah, I think that would be really cool. And I, I'm excited about your dish number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so dish number three is a dinner. And um, I went with Thai food um, because, I mean, I love the cuisine. But I also feel like it's a very warming, comforting food. And again, you can create so many different dishes with so many different flavors. And I also feel like it's it's a very easy dish to make for any kind of occasion. And I personally, I like to have friends over for a meal, but I also don't want to spend necessarily like two hours prepping something. 
and usually a, a curry of some sort is easy to make and everyone enjoys it and I feel like you can also change it up all the time by using different kind of vegetables but also different sources of protein if it's like meat or fish or um, tofu it's it's suitable for, for everyone um, which I think is important nowadays because everyone has their own kind of um, dietary obviously with restrictions or if you're vegan or flexitarian it's yeah what kind of foods did you grow up eating like at home and did that sort of either inspire you I want to get out of the house and cook a whole bunch and experience flavors or at home did you experience these and you took them with you um I did not experience these flavors at home (laughs) um growing up in the Netherlands it's very much I would say almost five days a week where you eat potatoes with some sort of vegetable and a piece of meat. That's how, yeah, the Netherlands is like the to-go-to meal. Um, Obviously, we would sometimes have a pasta or um, a salad dish, but most of the time it's those three components, um, which I nowadays actually never eat anymore um because I like found out my own way of cooking and what I enjoy eating um I also love going out for meal even though I like cooking from scratch I also love just going to different brunch places to different restaurants to try to try out new options and new cuisines and most of the time when I go with friends I leave them up to deciding what we're having because I like to just be surprised because in that way I will try something new Um, and I also I have like a long list of restaurants but I once I've been there it's ticked off I would rarely return to that place again because I feel like especially in a city they, like London has so much to offer in terms of different restaurants that I just feel like why not hop around and try them all and not just go for one that you have enjoyed just continue exploring and making the most out of the best that the city has to offer yeah that's I feel like a blessing to be able to like I personally also like to go try lots of new restaurants but I think for Lindy and I and I'm sure other people who have like allergies it's so nice to go back to one place where you know it's like been okay which is why I think brands are so like I think it was when I came to the store and I bought like the light what is it the live raw like kimchi fermented hot sauce like I have not stopped buying that Mm. since I came to the store just because I'm a creature of habit but I think that's from just knowing that it's safe and it's a new thing Mm -hmm. that I like that's safe but I agree it is nice to try out like new restaurants and there's a bunch of um, amazing restaurants in London your the fact that you let your friends surprise you is literally like my worst nightmare (laughs) 
<laughs> like I was like what <laughs> like you don't have you don't have a choice no <laughs> like my friends will not like they're like you pick where we're going and you choose what we're gonna eat and like that when you were saying that I was like that must be so nice like sometimes I think about it like, when people just eat something and don't look at the ingredients I just like that must be so nice you know this yeah. is a whole new world <laughs> so very privileged that um I've never experienced any dietary issues um even though I'm voluntarily doing veganuary and made that conscious decision um which in a way then also helps me I guess understand your situation better as well by being so conscious about what is in a product in my case at the moment it's making sure it's fully plant-based but again it's it's still requests like my attention to making sure I check the labels I wonder as well because we have we have a lot of people in our community that are dairy free right and they choose a product that says vegan or plant-based on the product and then behind it it says may contain milk so they can't eat that product even though it's technically not got milk in it because it could cause them to have a reaction so do you when you look at the ingredients and you curate the ingredients like being like you said natural and clean is the fact that the company is still cross-contaminating with a dairy product a no-go or is it just like we can't do everything all right all the all the time kind of thing um the way i approach selecting brands for the store is more about natural ingredients so it's not necessarily um, if it's gluten-free or nut-free. Um, when people do ask, I always make sure that they personally check the label and because um, I understand if it may contain a certain item that it might have a bad, like they might have a bad reaction to it. Um, so I personally don't, it might be something something interesting for me to look at in terms of categories, I guess, where it's really about like not free or gluten-free items, um, which currently is, isn't something that I use in the store. Hmm. Yeah, I just wonder whether people who eat plant-based will eat something that may contain something that they're not eating. Because I, mean, it has I feel like they would because they're not going to... Yeah, in no, my they mind, do. I was like, why wouldn't you? Because it's... No, they do. But then I think, like, I, I just wonder, like, doesn't that go against, like, the company isn't actually vegan then because they're still using milk products in that, like, cross-contamination. So, like, are you... Yes, you're not eating them, but you might be eating them because it's may contain. So yeah. you might be eating that. So will you? or And people do. I'm not saying, like, it's right or wrong. I just... I like talking to people who are plant-based or who are vegan and I want to know like the reason why you would because I would not eat may contain and I think mm. because I think it, there's a risk so but there's a risk in you even if you're vegan there's still a risk that you're eating something that you don't want to eat in your diet so I wonder why they eat that because they don't want to eat that product but yet they're still eating a may contain does that make sense yeah I think I think because I believe I've had a similar conversation with one of the brands before where brands sometimes can 
get frustrated over the fact that they have to list that on their product because of the factory that they use. Yeah. And obviously you sometimes you're if you're a startup company, you're almost forced or like pushed into the, the direction of using a certain producer because not all larger producers that might have the um that might have been set up to be completely free of any allergies it's it's maybe requesting too high like too high production volume mm. that they can't do at that point in time um so it's because of the factory the production factory that they have to list that on their product mm. i know i feel like a lot of companies just list like and there's again like i get it from a point of you know it's so expensive to like curate and like have a special factory for everything but sometimes I just think it's like a laziness thing where brands will just put it on because they they don't want to go through the whole the whole process but at the same time I totally get it because the process right now as it is is not made easy for brands or for consumers yeah and also there are cases where it is truly may contain and there's been an allergen that has been in that product and people who eat may contain end up having a reaction so it's like it's really how do you know but so speaking of ingredients and allergens um on the for the island we let you take some little extras not just the food some little extras some nice little things and one of them is an ingredient so what ingredient would you take to the island if you were deserted on it so I would go for an olive oil. Get those healthy fats in. <laughs> yeah, you love those healthy fats, don't you? <laughs> I, I do. And I love quality products. So it's not just any kind of average olive oil. It's a really quality, single origin sourced. I really enjoy green, like olive oil from Greece. Um, that is a seasonally harvest um, of which we had a couple very good ones in the shops um so that's kind of, I guess my staple ingredients also something that I would always have in my kitchen yeah I went to a friend's house yesterday and I asked her for olive oil on the salad and she said she didn't have any and I was shocked I was like who doesn't have any olive oil no. <laughs> I was just really I was just so shocked and she doesn't use it that much because she uses it in her job so she doesn't like using it at home but it just shocked me because I don't think I've ever gone to a house where no one's had olive oil like I just I don't think I ever have so yeah olive oil is definitely a staple ingredient That's especially in my one. house That's <laughs> yeah also, yeah um I guess so on that like we also want to ask you on the island um what a favorite product that you have is like a favorite brand and whether that be an olive oil or something else as well um this is an opportunity I guess to shout out some of your your favorite ones that if you were on the island you maybe couldn't live without oh it's such a difficult question for me because I obviously I'm very privileged by working with so many food and drink brands and being able to try them all um so yeah I always find it difficult to pick one but at the moment I'm really almost obsessed with fermented products um and it can go from a kombucha which we we had really really nice ones in the past um 
with life cultures and then also um, kind of kimchi products where um, again it's it's fermented and I'm yet to try making it myself and because probably the reason for that is because I um, I know which brands I like and I feel like it's not necessarily a long process to make kimchi but it is definitely like when you can purchase it in a glass jar with clean ingredients um that's probably my my one thing that I would definitely take as a favorite I need to get back on my fermented lifestyle because I used to do it so much um and it was so good for my gut health and then I just forgot I just yeah. like I forgot I kept I went into Planet Organic like every other day and now I don't have one near me and so I just forgot that I used to eat it and then yeah. now I'm like oh I should go back onto that so like I feel like this is this is the inspiration for me to just go back <laughs> on <laughs> um yeah I'm this kind of the same way it's like when it when you forget to buy the like refill then it sort of goes out of your mind and then kind of slips out of there but okay and then we also want to ask you your sort of favorite go-to account um, or rest, like kind of recipe genius that you like to look for inspiration? Um, so for me, it's Sisho Delicious, um, which is kind of a Japanese style cooking that um, she applies. Um, her name is Sarah. And she actually also hosted an event at one of my stores. And um she always make makes cooking look so easy and she always uses different ingredients and different spices very seasonal um which is something that I find important as well to work with seasonal products which obviously helps with making sure it's like a good quality product but also in terms of the impact on the environment um that we shop seasonally and yeah, she, she just gives me a lot of inspiration. Also, I think because she's very visual focused, like she has a lot of great um, video content and it's always fun, like stop motions. And again, it makes it that way. It makes it cooking makes, she makes cooking look very easy. Um, so that's, yeah, I guess my to go to. And then um, I also follow a lot of, restaurants that give me inspiration for um home-cooked brunch items and um again it's all I'm very much visually focused (laughs) our last question which we didn't give you um is that unfortunately a wave has come to the island and washed away two of your dishes and we want to know which one is the one that you wouldn't want to lose. Breakfast. Yes. Could have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Could have guessed that. Um, yeah. yeah so bre- I love oatmeal or porridge. It's just so good. Um, but You can make it in so many different ways. You can do sweet. You can do savory. You yeah. can do overnight. Like in the summer even, you can have it as a cold breakfast. Yeah, it's just so diverse and so wholesome. And yeah, it really gets me through the start of the day. Yeah. So if 
if our listeners want to find you um, and Ray, this is your time to sort of plug the website, Instagram, as well as I'm not sure if there's any insight to when the next pop-up is going to be, maybe what area of London um, or not even in London, I'm not sure, but it would be great <laughs> to get some insight. Yeah, so all of social is uh, at we are Ray. Um, I would say make sure to go to the website weareray.com and sign up to the newsletter because that's where we announce everything first. Um, so it's kind of like an exclusive way of knowing about the next stores, about any online offering that we launch, any collaborations that are about to go live. Um, we are planning to open the next store late February, start of March of this year in central London area, hopefully around Soho area, Marlebone. Um, that's the aim. And then later on in the year, um, hopefully in June, September and December will be three more editions. Oh, wow. um, so we've got a busy, busy year ahead. Um, hopefully we can all make them all happen and no further restrictions are put in place because obviously that's something that plays part as well. Um, yeah, that's the best way to stay in touch. Um, if anyone wants to know any more information, I'm also always on Instagram DM, so you'll be chatting to me directly. <laughs> that's amazing. It was so lovely to chat to you and like to learn more about the store because Grace has spoken a lot about it to me, but yeah, I just didn't really understand the vision and I think now that I've understood the vision and what it is and the the gap it's filling in the market I'm really excited to go in and try it it looks beautiful like all the stores I've seen it looks beautiful it looks really like aesthetically pleasing which is really nice and you said that that's what you <laughs> curate so that's really good um and yeah it was just lovely to meet you so lovely to have you on the show um and I can't wait for the next pop-up. Um, Lindy's right. Like I wasn't, I didn't stop talking about it. Um, maybe next time, maybe there'll be one day, like a, I don't know, a nut-free section of the of the store <laughs> or just something like that. But that's, it's so cool, cool to sort of see the intention um, that you put into it. I feel like it's, there's nothing really like that out there. Yeah. So guys, go to the links in the show notes to find out more about it. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.